everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Hooked on Hitchcock. I'm your host, Jonathan Moody, and I've got my awesome co-host here. How are you doing, G. Larry Butler? Hey, 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 hey! It's great to be back with you, Jonathan. Yes, for another Hooked on Hitchcock. Um, this uh, this is a show that like I've been, you know, um, we've been doing for since last year, and we keep doing every month, and uh you are i guess you really haven't seen many of these movies anyway right me no yeah uh, except for a couple you know the birds and psycho and stuff like that but like the uh, more popular ones right yeah the one about the north by northwest or something yeah we haven't covered that one yet but we will it's the the thing is we're not trying to concentrate on the popular ones we're trying to concentrate on the not so popular ones that we can talk about and we can uh kind of dissect and everything um and i know you took some notes and you watched it twice like you normally do i watched it once and uh i have some books and stuff about it so uh let's get ready to talk frenzy um so frenzy uh was in uh, 1972 uh and it feels 70s like everything about it almost feels 70s you know um and had a, it had an absolutely beautiful look to it. Um, Hitchcock definitely knows how to frame uh, just everything that's beautiful about like a city, you know. I'm curious um, why you say '70s. How do you know uh, what 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 are the indications of a '70s movie? Is it just more graphic in some of the violence or? No, I mean, well, that that was a thing, but you know, that could have been '80s. You know, '80s definitely had some graphicness. Yeah. Um, I was watching. I was watching a '70s movie yesterday. I was watching Alice's Adventure in Wonderland, um, a 1972 movie that had like Peter Sellers and uh, who else? Um, Dudley Dudley. um, God damn it! I always fuck up his name um Dudley um Moore yeah so it had those guys in the movie and uh it was it was awfully it was awful looking but it looked 70s like 70s have a specific look with the grain of film uh um I don't know if you've ever seen a really brutal horror film called uh, Last House on the Left you know I think so yeah but that had a 70s you know feel and vibe all the characters have those like crazy tom Selleck looking mustaches you know <laughs> yeah okay yeah there's just there's something about it that it's just yeah. it looks 70s um like that was a foresight had like this like crazy looking mustache if i'm if i know by that and the cars people drive and the mm-hmm. pile of dress the ties are much wider you know but- days and bell bottoms and things like you can also tell by the look and grain of film which is really strange because i guess it wasn't until the 80s that like uh color became like way more glossy and more you know and now i mean (laughs) it's a definitely different thing well we used video back then right and now it's all digital so we used we used uh they used 35 millimeter or 16 millimeter at that time so things looked more filmy, more grainy, more kind of grindhousey, you know, and stuff. And that's even what this felt like, even though it's obviously a very polished, um, beautiful movie that Hitchcock did. 
you know so anyway uh that 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 answers your question of like how can you tell yeah. i don't know that's that's my i knew you'd know because <laughs> i always look at it from an actor's point of view not a director's and you're probably seeing it in different in a different way you know looking for angles and the, the way it's shot and, and stuff like that and, and i look for just the acting itself and well, I to look at it any other way so uh, i'll look for that now you know the grain of the texture of the film definitely when you see that you'll know um so can you sort of describe to the audience the plot of this movie the plot i'm very glad you asked me that um well it's actually um a man who discovers his ex-wife has been murdered and then he becomes a suspect. He goes on the run. He takes wait, a- wait, wait. There's a wrong man in a Hitchcock movie. Get out of here. <laughs> I know. Pretty, pretty fantastic, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, he takes refuge with his best friend, and then who be who may or may not be the necktie murderer himself. So well, at first a- he doesn't. At first he takes he takes refuge with another friend yeah. who who with his wife is like kind of you know i mean look i i totally get where she's coming from you know you're harboring a a, 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 a like a suspect you know or whatever like um but then you know it it gets to be a point of like stop uh you know stop this madness you know like um uh like i, I kind of gave you the tagline more than the the plot it's it's actually about a creepy well it's a creepy violent story about a suave um serial killer and a poli- was it really that suave i well in a way in a, in a kind of a smaltzy way uh i think he was but uh he was he was a uh he was a nice guy it seemed you know like from the outskirts of stuff like if you and and i like that because he was sort of like this yeah. person you could walk down the street and you would never think oh my god that's that's a serial killer right you didn't know at the beginning it was phony baloney he's like a ted bundy you know he's a real friendly guy but he harbors this subhuman rage against women mm-hmm. inside. even introduces his mother at one point i'm thinking Oh my God. Now, now I have a degree in psychology and I'm thinking maybe he has something against his mother and he's taking it out on all these women. I don't know, but I, well, that's never, that's never discussed. However, like it is weird because at one point he even mentions to the guy again, when he comes to the house, like, Oh, you remember my mother. So he has a, you know, which is a theme in, Oh, Okay, so somebody pointed this out in a book, in the book, that uh, all the movies kind of tie, the, there's a four movies that tie together, and it's um, Shadow of a Doubt that we've watched, uh-huh. it's Strangers on a Train that we've watched, Psycho that we've watched, and this one, right? And all four of those movies are tied to characters, so you look, each one, think about mothers, you know? uh in some way or another like um shadow of a doubt's the one that's lesser of the three of the four but like um uh what is it uh strangers on a train remember he wanted uh his friend to kill his dad you know or whatever not i don't think it was his mom but he wanted to kill his dad or whatever 
Um, yeah, Hitchcock had a thing against his father a little bit, and he loved, and but he loved his mom, I think, too, and that's another thing. Yeah. So <laughs> there was there was that like Mama's Boy because Psycho was the biggest of them all. You know, that's the mother of mother of all. You know those mother, mother movies. movies. Yeah. Well, it could be a love-hate thing, too, and you know, just never know. But uh, you'd have to really dig to get into that. But yeah, this one has a mother thing um, in it, and the killer introduces his mother at one point, which is so random, but sort of, once again, goes to that, like, okay, this, you know, now you kind of understand that this guy could be the killer, you know? <laughs> right, right. But, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, to explain the, the whole plot, you know, it's about a guy who uh, is wrongfully accused of being the killer and he's on the run again, like some of the other movies. And then but the twist is his best friend is bestie. And, uh, at the end of the movie, he betrays him. Right. And mm-hmm. throws him under the bus. And uh, so he's not such a good friend after all. Well, he he did everything he could to kind of. Um uh to blame to to get him uh busted by the cops like well, of course you know well, he had- you know he murders he murders the guy's wife right that's the first murder then right. he murders the i mean that's not the first murder but that's the first murder we we come to to watch or whatever he murders the wife then he uh under an assumed name of robinson or whatever right. yeah. then he murders the the guy's girlfriend and puts her into a potato truck, and we'll get into that. And then uh, he, uh, and then he, like, sort of calls the cops on him, and gets him busted. And everything's all, everything's pointing to this guy, you know, like everything is pointing. So he, just like strangers on a train or any of these things, he set that up. Like he oh, yes. was like, open and shut case. Like the guy's guilty. He goes to prison for life. Right, twenty five to life. But then the inspector just it, something doesn't seem right with him. I got to give him credit for it. He's really crafty. Mm-hmm. Something doesn't gel. And he goes, wait a minute. I'm going to watch this guy. This this guy that nobody yeah. expected of anything. And sure enough, he's the one. It wasn't the first guy at all. And they already threw him away in the slammer. And um, but anyway, I just it, there's just so many different things to discuss about this film. It's incredible. Oh, yeah. So let's, I guess let's take it from the beginning. Um, uh, so in, in, in the beginning, you kind of meet this guy, this, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's a bar, a barkeep bartender. Uh, he doesn't make a lot of money. He's, uh, you know, he, he gets fired on the day we meet him. Oh, and before that, we see that there is a necktie killer and that uh, it's in the water it's right. like the river right open. The, 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 and they discover the naked floating body uh, exactly the which is a thing that we never i don't think we've ever seen in any other uh hitchcock movie uh, at least none that we've reviewed yet which was nudity yes there's there's your 70s for you it's a little more graphic this is one of the most graphic movies he ever made which is funny because like the next one he did before he passed away was family plot and that's very back to to basics you know hitchcock or whatever it was nothing like this and i don't know if it was like maybe this was just too much for people to take or something at that time you know from hitchcock but you know i well, mean 
reviews. Uh, some people, and they didn't hate it, but they thought it wasn't that great. And other people thought it was totally unappreciated enough. And it was one of his masterpieces. So, you know, people go to each end of the pendulum, you know, it swings both ways, but it's somewhere in the middle and it was extremely well done. And, so we is so we meet our uh, our wrongfully accused man, and he's at a he's at his bar. He apparently the the uh, man the manager owner guy or whatever is trying to tell him that Felix, he's, he's the manager. Yeah, he's so trying I, to tell him he's stealing from him. You know, right? I thought that was a little trumped up. Uh, you know, like on his part, like. He said maybe he would have put money on the till, but he didn't give him the benefit of the doubt. Obviously, there was friction between the two of them, but yeah, I, I enjoyed how they jump cut from the necktie around the woman uh, to him tying his tie. Did you notice that? It was like, yeah. boom, boom, like, oh, well, immediately you're going to suspect him. <laughs> right. And, and that's the thing with Hitchcock movies is you don't know the the truth you know until like you know closer to the end now we see okay well anyway we'll get into a lot of stuff soon um so he's he's fired uh but his girlfriend um who i don't i guess their girlfriend boyfriend i don't know well at first i wasn't sure but the second time i figured it out even got her name was babs babs barbara back then babs and she she loves him anyway no matter what and and so uh, I think that was part of the friction because Felix had feelings for her too, but she rejected him. And- right. Well, I mean, you know, and, and apparently Felix is a little handsy too. And, uh, and touches her when she doesn't oh, feel, oh, you know, oh, appropriately great lines in there, you know, like uh, they're saying that, well, you had your, uh, you, you were touching my breast or something like that. The other guy. And then, Oh no, he, he was, Felix accuses uh, Dick is Richard, but they call mm-hmm. him, of, of uh, groping her, you know, touching her inappropriately. And then she said, well, you, you were fingering me. And like, my God, I was shocked because that kind of language. And you didn't notice that? Yeah, um, no, I noticed it. But for a second, I was wondering if that meant something different in England, you know, I, like. Well, I know there's a lot of things they say, like, come and knock me up sometime. I mean, yeah. But we think that's that means you impregnate somebody. Yeah, so, we, there's yeah. a lot of things that are a little different. Yeah, weird ways of saying things. But um, I uh, trying to find it in my notes here. But it, it was uh, incredible the way they 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 had this vicious exchange. And uh, but anyway, I'll I'll find it later on. But yeah. it, it was quite shocking. I'm thinking, whoa. You know, this is a way, you know, a different than his other movies. He wouldn't talk like that. Um, so anyway, so they had this big row uh, and then uh, they leave. Uh, uh, Felix is really furious with him. You know, he holds him crush. Then he, then he throws money back at him that he owes him. And, and then he's, he's a near-to-well. He's broke. But he was an RAF, you know, Royal Air Force squadron mm. leader at one time. He was well respected, but he has a grudge. He has a, a chip on his shoulder, and you you're not very sympathetic with his character. The, the well, one he's also a drunk, and um, you yeah, know, right? Is an explosive personality. He's always pissed off about somebody or something, and envious, and 
you know, well, you're the one, and uh, I never got any breaks like you did. He calls his wife. I said, oh, you couldn't make love, so now you sell love. When he went to her clinic. Mm-hmm. She he a- was an ass to her. Like, I mean, she was very sweet as pie to pie to him, but he was just complete, like, ass. And did you notice that, like, when he goes to visit her, uh, he, like, slams down on the desk, and you can see the woman in the... Um, the the lady that's about to leave the secretary kind of stop because right. she is wondering if he like slapped her you know um i thought that was i thought that was really well done you know yes, yeah there is some subtlety well I, I mean nuances but they weren't that subtle but uh oh here's the line i found it you're always pulling her tits that's what the manager said to uh to dick who's the, the hero of the story i guess and then uh, the barmaid says babs well, you're always fingering me. <laughs> you know, she was like trying to protect him. Like, whoa. I mean, come uh, on. Thank God. A, it sounds that, like, that would not be a very like welcoming environment to like work at. You know, yeah. like you're always fingering me. And then the other <laughs> other guys like, yeah, well, you're always pulling on tits. You're like, what, the, oh, what is going on here? <laughs> how do you like those two businessmen that they come in? You know, I oh. thought they were like politicians. I had a I had a problem with that scene. Uh, that scene would definitely not be be allowed in a movie today. No, I you know, know. I'm, the censors on that. Maybe it didn't exist back then. That's after Easy Rider, right? So, I think so. But anyway, the businessmen talk about the necktie strangler and uh, who rapes women, and uh, they, well, the the guys saying, "Well, every cloud has a silver lining." And that was kind of the prevalent attitude in the 70s to, to rape is a blessing for women, not a curse. And like, uh, I don't remember I was being that bad, you know. Um, I mean, it- once again, a lot of this could be a lot of British dark humor and shit, you know, and stuff that we uh, Americans might not be laughing toward, you know, or at. I did not find I hated that line, by the way, absolutely hated it um because i just felt gross listening to that like i just what's the word that they use for people like that uh that that misogynist misogynistic like, yeah uh, you know they just despise them and uh these are two... and that, they're like that and so is the uh so is the main killer the killer is a misogynist you know yeah, but he's a little more discreet about it so, I mean, that, that's, is he? I mean, I guess he is in his normal day to day life, but man, he was not discreet when he was telling the woman exactly what he wanted, you know, you know what I mean? Like, he, I don't know. And apparently he'd been coming to that clinic for a long time and requesting a certain type of woman, uh, meaning a masochist because he was a sadist. And they said, we don't provide that service. We're sorry. So he keeps coming back anyway and pesters him. He's very persistent. And then he comes in. You know, uh, when she's alone, this is Brenda, the, the wife of Dick, uh, ex-wife. And uh, so he says, you know, well, I'm you're my kind of woman. You know, this is you're the who I really want. Mm-hmm. She he kicks him against the wall. He tries to lay her on the table and then they have a big fight. And then he but I think it's a fantastic performance on this guy's part. Uh, the, the actor, I think uh, Barry Foster is the actor mm-hmm. and he transforms into a demon. This is the kind of part I always like to play, you know, when you're, you're a regular person and then you become demonic and he changed. Did you see him? Mm-hmm. And he 
saying, love, you're lovely, 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 lovely. And he kept, his voice kept changing and getting. It was so creepy. It was creepy. And then his voice, his face contorted. While he was like making, like while he was raping her, you know, and everything. And it was just. Another thing, when they accused him of rape, but is uh, what constitutes rape? Isn't it penetration? I don't think he, he was impotent. And that's what enraged him. I don't him. know. I think was it, he like because he was he was moving on her. It looked like he was penetrating. I don't know. Because and he had to have raped her because they they claimed to um they claimed rape. So it, my guess would be that they found some kind of fluid inside her. Definitely you know. rape, maybe. I don't know, but I've always heard that uh the, the rape uh the, the, the penetration constitutes uh, the offense. So I don't know. Maybe you're right. So and then, then he exposed her breast. Did you notice how large that breast was? Mm-hmm. That was a breast double. That wasn't her breast. That wasn't her frame. Oh. And I was thinking, whoa, wait a minute. It's cock. You're supposed to have attention to detail. You know, that would, you should. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I, I would have loved to be there that day that, uh, that Hitchcock oh. gets to check out people's breasts to see which yeah, for the breast level. Okay, line well, up the wall, right? It's like, yeah. okay, take your clothes off. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> like this breast. Nope, not this one. Up oh, this one. Okay, this one's the right size for me. Oh yeah, for him. But see, no, but see, that's the thing. He probably had to fill like a certain frame and certain, you know, he had a certain style and stuff when he did it. So like there might've been a reason he chose to go with the breast double. He was a little, I mean, I was surprised at how large that was. Mm-hmm. It didn't fit her body at all. But anyway, so anyway, the, this guy we were talking about, these politicians or whatever said, uh, yeah, he's very cavalier about women because he said, I haven't had a, or we haven't had a good juicy series of sex murders in a long time. It's good for the tourist trade. It's like, Jesus Christ, this guy is beyond, you know, he's he's, he's, he's a very cavalier attitude towards women. (laughs) It's just, but I was just. Well, which is funny because like the killer obviously is like the exact opposite when he chats with people. He doesn't talk about, you know, any of that stuff. He doesn't look like a misogynist, you know, um, in in public, you know. He, he's never satisfied with just one, maybe one a week, one a month. He's doing it every day. Did you notice how many he killed? And blah, 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 blah. My God. And then at the very end, of course, we, we don't have to go there, but there was another one. So it's like, that was like a three-day span. He killed three women. So he just lost for, for murder. Um, how many have, uh, maybe there's more that we don't even know yeah. about. I don't know. There's a um, lot. Apparently, uh, maybe probably not because uh, it would be on the news. And I remember the guy hearing about the, you know, the 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 woman gets mad and is like, get out of my house because we just heard on the news that, you know, there was another murder and all that stuff. So, well, yeah, that's that's a friend. His friend, Johnny, he goes to see when he was trying. He's on the lamb. Well, yeah. Well, we'll get to that in a second. So, the guy murders the guy, uh, the the uh, Dick's uh, uh, ex-wife, um, and uh, and he walks out, or well, he he leaves, 
Uh, did you notice the apple, by the way? The apple's actually turned oh, the I wrong did. way, you know. Oh, well, uh, I didn't that, but, um, Yeah, so it's a continuity error. The, the, uh, when he goes to pick up the apple, it was not where he how he placed it down. I looked that up and I was looking up goofs on uh, IMDB and that was that was one of, mainly I was looking for uh, goofs. Uh, I forgot what was it for. We'll probably get to that. I'm like, oh, that's that's what I was looking up because there are certain there are certain things I was like, wait, is that right? And uh, I think there was a couple things that were actually uh, a little wrong. It's always got to be a few things. Uh, you know, they that slipped through, but it wasn't that I didn't notice that by the way. Yeah. I um, I bet if you watch it another time and you're looking for yeah, well, it, you'll notice it, you it know. Um I, I like that, you know, she she offered him money. She said, There's money in my purse if you go away. He says, No, I don't want your money. And then as soon as he kills her, he takes the money, you know, and yeah. then takes the apple. I think, oh my god, that insult to injury here, and that's her apple. I honestly think it's really funny that you love this movie. It seems way more than the last couple that we watched. Like oh, you're yeah. more into this one. I really enjoyed this. In fact, I brought my wife in to watch it the second time. We watched it together. Did she? Did she not like it? She liked it. Uh, wow. Maybe not as much as I did because you know it's kind of a disgrace to women. But um, it was it was intriguing. She likes psychological thrillers like I do. But so anyway, this. Um, this guy, uh, he's a near-to-will, and he's very angry at the world, and he goes to see his wife, and maybe he gets some money from her, and but he, he, he has an explosive temper, and he ruins her dinner, and then she slips some money into his pocket that he doesn't know about. Mm -hmm. He goes to Salvation to spend the night because he has no money, and uh, then some guy picks his pocket, and he catches him in the act. He says, I'll break your arm. And then he says, where's I going to get all this money? And he notices it. So the next night he goes to a hotel, an expensive one. And that's where the cops suspect him even more because mm -hmm. where'd you get all this money? You know, it must've been from her purse. And everybody's asking him that, like, where did you get the money? Even his girlfriend asked him like, yeah. where did you get the money? How can you afford this? How can you afford this expensive hotel? It was like 10 pounds. I was like, that's like 12 pounds or $12. You know? Yeah, it's not a lot of money. But this but was, that was an expensive hotel. I wasn't that expensive. No, it wasn't a lot of expensive. But yeah, he goes to a hotel. Um, he doesn't even know that he's connected to the murders because, oh, we forgot to mention that. So he um, goes to see his ex-wife and the door is locked. So at the, um, uh, at his, at her job, right? So he goes and uh, just turns around and leaves. And as he's leaving, um, the uh, girl who works there, secretary works there, walks up uh, and sees him, you know, leaving or whatever. She doesn't right. say anything. She doesn't, whatever. She doesn't even pay much attention. So she goes upstairs. She screams when she sees it. And it was so well done because we get it twice. We get this sort of thing twice where we fall back and people are like, and we're just waiting for like, I don't know how long it was, but it was, that was a very long time. But he he milks the suspense, you know. He loves doing that to us. Yeah, it's, but it's like because we're it's waiting in time of like how time. long it would be, like real time. Real time for about thirty seconds. Uh, like, yeah. Okay, anytime now. Yeah, you know, we're gonna hear that scream, and sure. But, enough, 
we see it when the two people walk by, right? Like yeah. when they're walking by, that's when I knew, okay, they're probably going to hear it. But what do they do? They look when at the person the screams, they just kind of look and then they walk away. Yeah, <laughs> well, they totally across the street. But it was pretty funny. His dark humor again. But anyway, the timeline, I got it confused. I had to see it again because first his friend, Bob, uh, goes in and murders the wife. Then he comes out and then Dick comes over and finds it locked and then he leaves. And then the assistant comes. Mm-hmm. I was thinking Dick was still or Bob is still in there, but no, he'd already left. He already left. So it was, but it was almost like, pow, pow, pow. you know, it was very, very quick. Uh, the order of things. So he mm-hmm. just left when Dick came and they just missed each other. And then the assistant came just, she saw him, but she kind of missed him. So it was right uh, real quick in succession. Yeah. So, of course that adds to the problems because he looks guilty. Like he's the one who was the last one to leave. He must've killed her. She didn't yeah. know he out. Yes. Well, he wasn't running away, but he wasn't, he was also acting, you know, and right. I mean, it's a little suspicious uh, that he would be there at the same time. Now, so. Did he the, throw the flowers away too? Did you notice that he just tossed them? I didn't see that. No, but that's funny. Anyway, um, so, just- so anyway, so like, so yes, yeah, so the cops come to ask questions and everything. And the guy goes and takes the uh, his girlfriend out to the uh, to the hotel and stuff, or has her meet him. Uh, and they go out to a hotel. And uh, as they're out at the hotel, um, I I guess he sees something in the paper, you know, or whatever. We don't see that, uh, which added to the suspense, you know, because we don't see that. Yeah, the porter, right? And he calls it in. Yeah, he calls it in because he sees it in the paper. But the I, I'm guessing that he must have saw, you know, in the he newspaper that under their door, they, they somebody put one under their door, so they jumped out the window, went down the fire escape, so they beat the cops. I don't they, think they. I don't think they went down the fire escape. Oh. I think they had actually left out the back um, because they mentioned they must have gone out the back. I think this is what happened. I think. Because we don't see any of this. So this is only speculation of what happened. But what I think happened was he went into the room. They were hanging out. They look at the newspaper. They see, oh, shit. You know, I'm a suspect for this. So they both leave out the back, right? Uh, Because I don't think she would have gone down a fire escape. So anyway, um, they leave leave out the back. You know, so the cops don't, whatever. Um, And this is all before the cops show up. So the cops show up and they knock on the door and they say, hey, you know, blah, 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 open up. You know, they open, they, they bust open the door. They see that he's gone. They see that the, the, I bet they opened up the, um, uh, the, what is it? The window, they open up the window so that they, the cops would be like, oh shit. Um, are, are the cops bobbies, by the way? Is that a bobby? They're called. What? Yeah. They're, they are called Bobbies. Yeah, that's their nickname. But yeah. they're still cops. But anyway, be, before, I mean, well, during all of this, uh, the assistant, I, I never did catch her name, the assistant to Brenda that has the uh, marriage, uh, 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 whatever it's called, service. She goes to the cops and the cops ask her to describe him. 
thinking that, you know, like anyone, she's not going to know exactly. But he, she she impressed the hell out of him because of her powers of observation. She described him to a T. And I'm like, how do you do that? She said, well, that's my business to observe people. Mm-hmm. She gives kind of a dirty look, but that was really funny. I, I thought that was interesting because most people can't remember, you know, what people look like. Uh, I can't. I, I'm um, not at it either but uh and that's a problem with writing too is that you're supposed to be very descriptive and you have to like you have to know these things you know and i'm just really bad at that like i'm terrible at uh descriptions and stuff but you know okay well that's going on uh dick is trying to uh convince babs that he's innocent and she doesn't believe it at all of course not and she says uh all point all signs point to him there's a there's a there's a thing that she says that I just love it, and uh, she says, "Oh, pull the other leg; it's got bells on it." And I was like, "Oh my god!" Because I use that expression, you know, "You're pulling my leg," you know, right? Trying to pull the other one. I've never heard that before. It's got bells on it. And that was terrific. I love it. Oh so, wait, you never heard the, the the phrase "pull the other one"? Pull the other one. Uh, well, yeah, but not with bells on it. Oh, with bells on it. Maybe that's a British version. I don't know. I've always heard, uh, you know, I, I've always heard uh, pull the other one. Yeah, I, I, but I think it was a British thing. Uh, it was from Monty Python, you know. Uh, okay. uh, I, I've heard it on there where uh, they say something to the guy and the guy goes, yeah, well, pull the other one, you know, pull the other leg. And I think that's really funny. I, I, I might use that in my uh, my my world, like my lexicon. I, I love that. I'm going to use the bells uh, thing. And it's got bells on it. But anyway, so the inspector, uh, after all of this, uh, talks to his wife about suspecting Bob, you know, after the first guy gets thrown into the slammer. And, with, you know, that was a real quick trial, have you noticed? It's mm-hmm. like 20 seconds and guilty, and 25 to life. So he goes to prison. And well, then- I, I love that, though. Like, I love that scene because when, like, when it, it opens up the door, you know, um, you, like when you can hear everything, then when it closes the door, you can't hear anything. Yeah, it's yeah. just sort of a cool, like, I don't know. It's a really cool scene. I just, I dug that a lot. That was a way because at, at one point people are probably pissed when the audience like, Hey, I want to hear what's what, what, what the verdict is. And we all know what the verdict is, but oh, you yeah. know, uh, what say you, and then they don't say it. And then, then the person, you know, opens up the door to listen, you know? I just thought it was cute. He was definitely set up and framed. but uh, So he gets to prison, right? And he falls down the stairs. My God, I was thinking, that's a hell of a tumble. That stuntman must have Mm. been hurt because it cracked his head. You know, of course, that was all stage makeup. (laughs) And then he goes to the infirmary and Mm. then he goes to this hospital. And then he cooks up this plan on how to escape. That was really cool. How he gets these uh, former, uh, these other inmates, his fellow inmates, to uh, put sleeping pills in the guards' coffee. They didn't do that good of a job because that the, the the guards automatically saw that their sleeping pills at the bottom of the you know thing. Right. He you didn't know. Oh, I guess, but they didn't but hide it or whatever. I guess he had enough time to to put on a doctor's uh, white lab coat and escape mm-hmm. while they're all looking, you know, huddled around the body on the floor. And so he hotwires a car and gets the hell out of there. And uh, 
all so, the while we forgot to mention all the while the the police have been investigating this murder and uh and, and man the police uh chief or sergeant or whatever he was who like with his wife that was the that was that was some of the funniest like sort of scenes I've ever seen of him eating the dinners and each time he has a dinner he has something he doesn't want to eat like quail eggs or quails oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. quail with uh, uh, grapes or something you know I just come into that 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 was really a great side uh, you know a sideline and I really enjoyed that is a little you know we needed a little humor because this thing was so dark I know. The so wife, his, wife was great. Yeah, she. I I didn't really do much research on her. I did some of the other actors, but um, so the inspector uh, is kind of a guinea pig. His wife is like a Julia Childs. She's taking French cooking classes. Right. Wants to please her husband. You know, she loves him, and she doesn't know that he's disgusted by all this stuff. <laughs> said in one of the scenes with his partner give me three breakfasts a day that's my best meal ham and eggs and tomatoes you know an english breakfast and meanwhile the guy remember the guy staring at him like a dog it's like drooling he's staring at him eating and he never takes his eyes off the plate and he, while he's eating and, he's, and, he, and i thought did they do that in one take because how could he have eaten so many times if they did it five times and that dude might be you know, fat from all that, you know, doing it so many times. I don't know. Put it in his belly. But anyway, so she, she cooks all this crap. And uh, some of it's to totally disgusting. The octopus soup wasn't so bad. But then the pig's feet. And I think my wife was ready to throw up at that point. <laughs> uh, and uh, and then he kept dumping it back in the pot, right? And she'd go in the kitchen and he'd dump it back. And then the, he spit out part of the pig's foot on the plate the second time and uh so there was like a couple of different uh scenes with, with that with different meals but then they they invite uh somebody over oh the, his assistant the detective's assistant comes over and she says would you like a drink and he says well maybe and she says it's a margarita and she he he samples it and he makes a he goes cross-eyed it's like to a Brit, you know, that they don't do anything Mexican like that. It's a little bit too spicy for him. He's like, and then he puts it down. <laughs> yeah, he's very happily to put it down. But he did lick his lips a little bit. So I was wondering, like, if he actually liked it or not. But she she drinks it later. And she's like, oh, right. and she has to go, you know. Oh, my God, this is a little much. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so that was very funny. It, the, the whole thing was with her was really hilarious. But um, so the whole time, whenever she was in the, whenever they were at the dinner table, they were always discussing the case, you know, what's going on with the guy and stuff. So at the end where the, like the last scene, uh, you know, he's kind of, he's now discovered basically that this guy is innocent, you know, and this guy, you know, and everything. Uh, would you mind going over that part where he kills Babs, uh, okay. his girlfriend, and, and throws her in the truck? That was a great scene, it's, and uh, I think we need to discuss that a little bit. Well, okay, let yeah, let's definitely go into that. Um, so, he is, so Babs is left uh, work because she's she's with uh, what's his name? She's with uh, Dick. She's with Dick at first, 
and she's uh, like, okay, I'm going to go get my stuff or whatever. And I'm going to, I'm going to quit. And then we're going to go off to, I forgot where it was Paris or something with the, that couple, that nice, that, that, well, the nice guy and the woman who had every right in the world to be worried about this guy, you know? Um, So, so she goes to the pub, back to the pub to get, her stuff or whatever to get out of there and quit. And Felix is saying, Oh, I call the cops. You're in danger. I think blah, blah, blah. And she's like, um, you're an idiot. I don't care about you or what's going on. I got to get out of here. So she leaves and she runs into guess yeah. who? Yeah. Good old Bob, right? Good old Bob, Bob yeah. Rusk, you know, God, right. he's got even the worst name by the way, Rusk. Ugh. So Bob is, but that scene, that shot of her looking out, I guess she was looking for a, a, you know, taxi or something, you know, or whatever, or some kind of cab. And then she just like looks and then all of a sudden you see behind her is Bob, you know, and uh, Bob's like, oh, you know, um, if you need a place to stay, you could always stay a night at my house, you know? And so I'm leaving for like a, you know, uh, leaving for like a couple weeks and, you know, whatever. Right. So she says she'll stay a day at his house and then she has to go see, um, Dick. And then he keeps asking about Dick, like, where's Dick? Where blah, 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 which I'm guessing is like, he was going to call the cops and say, Dick is over at that place, you know, he's over at that guy's house. Uh, but he doesn't, uh, she goes to the, um, uh, she goes to the guy's house and we see an amazing shot, which is sort of like when the ex-wife got killed, where the, you know he's going up this, they're going up the stairs, you know, right. and uh, we follow, and you see him, and you already know he's the killer. Yeah. So you're like, oh god, this woman. Don't go in there. In. Don't go in there. Don't go through those doors. Um, and he goes in, and he um goes in front of her and i was like oh god this is where like something bad is gonna happen and it doesn't and he opens up the door he lets her in all nice you know shuts the door locks it and we pan down off the um pan down from the uh stairs all the way out of the uh apartment and we see people just walking by walking by we don't hear anything you know but we see all that What's the first thing he says when he closes the door? You know, you're my type of woman. You're my type of woman. Yes, that's exactly what he says. That's his famous line he uses on every woman. That he murders, yeah. Um, With the necktie. He was a goner. And she was a goner. And he shuts the door and you, you can, you know what's happening, you know. But what I think that Hitchcock did, and I don't know, this was on purpose or if this was like his thought or whatever for it. But what he did right there was showed you that you could be walking by a house and somebody could be being murdered at that house right then and there. And that almost is sort of like a terror for like anybody who just happens to like, think about that shit, you know, like I, I, I could be walking down the street and if I'm passing by an apartment complex, somebody could be murdered. Somebody in an office could be murdered right now. And oh, I think yeah. a lot of that is what he's trying to trying to show you. 
it would curl your hair if you knew how many times people were doing something strange while you were walking by. Yeah. Especially sex stuff, too. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, uh, so, uh, after that, he uh, comes out, right, and uh, at night, wearing a cap, and, and, and he takes his sack, and he carries it across the street, dumps it into potato this truck full of potatoes and uh and then he comes back and uh he throws his jacket and his cap in there right and just uh, just dumps the whole thing he wants to get rid of it and then he comes back and he goes oh my god he realizes he's, he doesn't have his uh, little pen or brooch or whatever it's called yeah it's a pen he kept calling it a pen and no. he said um it was like an r so it but my my whole thought was like I don't know if that can technically be traced back to him or not. You know, like, I don't know if the, when they find the killer, will they go, oh my God, that is so specifically Rusk, you know, like it doesn't have his name on it. It's just an R, you know, um, I guess it just potentially proves that the other guy isn't the murderer. But aside from that, it doesn't, point it on everything for some reason he's especially attached to it it's on all his clothing and his jackets he, he just transfers it to the other suit that he's wearing or whatever so people identify him that way so okay. I mean, he panics and so he goes back and he and he's rumbling through the sacks trying to do this and and she's you know he's he's fumbling with her feet and all of this. Oh, that was the greatest scene ever in my life that was the funniest uh, that was the most Hitchcockian scene you could probably get at that particular moment because it was such humor in a, a scene that's not really supposed to be humorous. You know, he's there looking for the the pin. You know, and there's there's the feet are kicking him in, in the face. Yeah, and I, I love that part. I, I yeah. Did you identify with him at that moment? Like, oh my God, hurry up. You know, there's somebody's going to come and discover you. It's like, no, I wanted somebody to discover oh, him. I'm like, a little boat. I was like, I, I, was kept, I kept thinking, watching it. Because I've I, been in those situations. Um, not that I kill anybody, but I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, really? I've been in a situation where, God, I mean, I'm going to be caught if I don't get, do this. And, you know, so I could relate to it in that way. But, um, and then, <laughs> Then he finally founds it, finds it, right? It's, right. it's, well, that's after the driver gets in a truck and drives away with him at the back. Away. And then oh. he starts spilling out all of the uh, pup potatoes. So some guy comes over next to the guys, like, hey, you're spilling your potatoes. So while all that is happening, he's like, oh shit, I need to hide. And he hides down. And um, so, yeah. So actually, I will tell you where I looked for the goof. I just remembered it. So the scene with um, them in the truck, right? And uh, the, the, the guy comes in, right? Uh, what is it? The, the, the potato guy, you know, comes into the, to the room and he, uh, or into the truck and uh, puts, puts it back up, puts the, um, the tailgate, the tailgate back up. He puts it back, clicks it. And clicks it. It's all good. So then he starts driving again, right? Um, the guy's fumbling, trying to look for the potatoes some more or whatever. Finally gets the pens. He has to try to break it. And then there's one point he's got like a knife 
and he accidentally breaks the knife in half, you know, the little knife to pry open the, the hand or whatever. And he leaves and that almost is left in there. And I was like, Oh my God, dude, don't stop leaving things that are just going to get you in more trouble. And uh, finally he opens up the, the hand, gets the, gets the uh, pen. He breaks the fingers, right? Yeah. Yeah. He has to break the fingers. And I uh, love that part where the, the inspector is telling the wife, you know, about breaking the fingers and she snaps a breadstick right when he's talking about it. I'm like, oh, my God, I, I flinched. I jumped. I was like, God, that was great. It was a great moment. But anyway, I didn't want to get ahead of it. But uh, so, so he yeah, gets pen. he gets the pen finally. Goes, oh, the pen finally oh. And uh, that, then the guy stops to go to the gas station. Suddenly jerks to a stop and knocks the guy out of the truck. You know, yep. Bob falls on the ground. I'm thinking, oh, he's going to be caught for sure this time. But he scampers into the loo, you know, the restroom there. So I thought he had, uh, I thought he had opened up the truck uh, tailgate again, you know. Um, but I guess he hadn't. Did he? Yeah, I can't remember. Because when I saw, when I saw him leave, when I saw the truck driver leave, uh, the, the tailgate was up. So, um yeah. So I don't know what if that was a, like a when the guy jerked to a stop and he fell on the ground. So it was just a close call. He wasn't caught. But, uh, you know, so he goes in there and then later on, there's some confusion about uh, this brush that has potato dust on it. Remember? And mm -hmm. I I didn't see that part. I don't remember the waitress, you know, uh, handing him a brush to brush the potato dust off. So they must have eliminated that scene. So anyway, but yeah, that was the, the clincher. They knew he was the one then because his suit had potato dust on it. Um, so anyway, so after that, uh, he he comes back, right? Uh, he, he escapes that situation and he comes back to the apartment and uh oh oh and then you we flash over to the prison uh the, the escapee bob who has vengeance on his mind he wants to mm. kill that son of a bitch you know that betrayed him i mean anybody would have felt that way but uh so he 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 gets a crowbar out of the crunk of the car he steals and he he, he goes to his apartment right mm -hmm. and then and then you see this body in bed. As soon as I saw the body with the sheet over, I knew it wasn't Bob. Well, we all know it wasn't Bob unless he was trying like to what I thought was going to happen was I thought that uh, Bob had uh, pretended to put something under there like pillows or something yeah. because he knew this guy was coming, you know, or whatever. But I was like thinking, how do you know unless like somehow or another there's a radio about the escape or something, you know, or whatever, I, I but he know. didn't know. He didn't know. I, I guess it was a woman, another woman. Yep. But it, oh, he starts beating the body, right? <laughs> yep. Son of a bitch. And then, and then the door opens and surprise. It's the, it's the cop. It's the, the inspector. And then he's like, it's not, it's not what it looks like, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And, and they're kind of frozen and like, we, they don't know what to do. And then they hear this thump, thump, thump. And it's good old Bob coming good with old Bob. Oh, you inspector know. hides behind the door and Bob comes in. <laughs> it was such a great scene. And he freezes when he sees both of them. Yeah. And well, that, at first he freezes seeing, you know, his buddy who's now out, you know, and everything. Then the door sh opens up or, or shuts and he sees the inspector 
And what does the inspector say? Do you remember the last line? Mr. Of the Rusk, you're not wearing your necktie. Yep. I love that. God, it was so great. What an Indian scene. I mean, yeah, it was perfect ending. There's um, so many great lines in this movie. It, I mean, there was. Down, but uh, it's just one thing after another. My God. It, are you like sort of like, are you, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're happy that you've gotten to see this, but are you kind of sad that it took this long for you to watch this movie like is this a movie that you probably uh, you've seen it twice now but would you have wa- watched it more than that you know if you ever get a chance maybe another 20 years uh, <laughs> okay <laughs> when well, i'm in a truck myself um so anyway i just I, there's probably more to discuss on this there's just so many things and uh but uh there's a lot that happened which was very surprising um so I think I, I told you before, I I had heard many people say that this was not a great movie and everything. And I was like, wow, you know, like, I don't know if I want to see this. I don't know if I want to see a, a bad movie from Hitchcock. And then I watched it and tonight today for the first time. And I was like, this is I, like, I want the Blu-ray of this movie. Or if there's a 4K, you know, movie version of it. I want that because it's actually a very well done, plus very cinematically beautiful film, you know, very shot very well. Like that, we forgot to mention the opening credits scroll, you know, and stuff where that has like that, it has like, it's just directed by Alfred Hitchcock and it's the, it's the um, bridge with the the two bridges, you know, oh, the, yeah. uh, that was just fucking, that that was just very well done. Everything he did was specific. Did you see uh, Hitchcock in this movie? Did he do a cameo? Yeah, he was in the crowd scene. He was wearing a bowler, and he kind of looks up a little bit to, to the side. You notice, and three minutes in, I, I it was a spoiler. I found out from reading the reviews in advance, and so I kind of knew where to find him. But well, he, where where was he? Like, was it during was the? the the bird the next- watchers when that guy was speaking and oh we're going to clean up the harbor and a typical politician and then uh, he's the only one not applauding him. And I thought, <laughs> oh, that's and I, funny he wasn't thrilled with this guy's speech because you know he's a stupid politician so he kinda, everybody else was you know. yeah everybody but him <laughs> so uh, and then they see the body and then uh, you actually see him twice you know uh, there was a close-up and then a long shot of him so that was can't be like three minutes in but this was shot at pinewood studios and also in covent garden uh in london i've been to london several times and uh, i recognized that harbor area and apparently hitchcock's father used to work there as a merchant so he wanted to shoot there as an homage to his father and uh, it's really interesting why he does all these strange things and uh oh did you notice that Dick looked a lot like uh, when the actor uh, that played Dick? Uh, I, what was his name now? Uh, I think. Oh God, it, uh, I had it. I had it in my head. Uh, but anyway, he looks a lot like Oliver Reed. Uh, I don't have the name in front of me at the moment, but uh, uh, Barry Foster played the killer, but Dick was played by somebody. John else. Finch. John Finch, thanks. He was I, actually the one who who's done more stuff. Like he um, he was in uh, Kingdom of Heaven. Yes. Uh, he was in um, he, uh, uh, he was in a Lurking Fear. That's right. He was. I remember that name. 
He's a lot of religious things. He actually played Christ in the Martian Chronicles. Oh, wow. Surprised at that. And did a lot of TV. Same, same with Barry Foster, who played the killer. Excellent actor. A lot of TV. Played Hamlet. Um, and then Babs was Anna Massey. She was an Oliver Twist. And all these are British actors because Hitchcock went back home, you know, after 20 years, 22 years, and made another film there because people were a little angry with him for not coming back and using their actors. So a lot of these people we don't know because we were, American audiences weren't hip on uh, the English actors so much. But uh, let's see, the chief inspector was in Gangs of New York. And uh, that was a great movie. Well, what it, I noticed was a lot of the uh, actors uh, were in that TV show, uh, like for special guest appearances on Midsummer Murders, which I love that show. I don't know if you've ever seen it or not, but it's it's a fun little like law and order detective type show, you know, like uh, Murder, okay. She Wrote and all that other kind of stuff, but British, you know, British um, version. The guy who played Johnny, the, 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 the rich guy who had a, we didn't really touch on that much, but he had a place in Paris, a pub that he wanted to, um, uh, he wanted Dick to come and work for him to escape. And uh, so, but his his wife or girlfriend put the kibosh on it. She she hated him. She says, "No, he's not coming with us, and we're not going to be here to be accused of harboring a fugitive. So we're going to get the hell out of here tonight." So they left, and so much for friends. And of course, Dick hated him for that. He says, "You know, there goes my alibi. You're going to put me in life or prison because you do you want to go to Paris tonight." But anyway, that was Johnny. He is Clive Swift, and he's played Winston Churchill on TV, and he's another great actor. I, I knew I saw him from somewhere. Um, yeah. Uh, was I, I was, I was going to say because um, uh, uh, yeah, some of these actors just uh, well, I, I wanted to touch on that um, the the guy and his wife and everything, and I, I'm just going to keep saying this: the wife had every absolute every reason to to feel the way she felt, you know, and most times I was like, I, I would have felt the same way. Um, even if I love this person to death, um, you really don't know what somebody is. And that, that goes to prove with, um, the one buddy of his, you know, nobody would have suspected him, but she was justified, but I wasn't sure that maybe it was a little much on the hatred. Maybe she, could, could have looked a little uncertain. Well, maybe there was something more that we didn't know, and maybe we should have been... Kind of, the whole time. It's there like, should have been a scene where the the husband and wife have a talk privately, you know, and she explains why she just doesn't trust this guy. Like, right. maybe he's... Because she did mention stuff about drinking to him, so maybe she, he's been drunk around her. And he was, you know, obnoxious because we saw what he's like when he gets drunk. He's very obnoxious. He was a total alcoholic. Yeah. Never went five minutes without a drink. And, you know, and even at the end, uh, toward the end, when um, uh, when Bob, uh, you know, is harboring him at the house, he even says, oh, go ahead, feel free to grab a drink and everything. And of course, he's okay with it. Like, I honestly would. I mean, well, I, I'm sober, but if I were, you know, out there doing that, so I wouldn't, um, actually, there was a part of me that was going, okay, you know, if I weren't like nine, almost nine years sober, you know, I, I probably would have 
partake in and, and drinking at that particular time because god damn is that stressful like having to evade the cops like bring around like are you gonna be busted at any time or another you know what i mean like it's scary you know but you know uh me personally i wouldn't i if you offered me to think i would be like yeah like to stay sober so i don't uh fuck up uh while i'm you know drinking creates its own stress i mean we both know that so yep. you know he just he, he 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 was just over his head and he just was swimming in booze you know in mm-hmm. yeah so it was just you know bad things happen when you're like that uh, yep but the wife had every she was sort of just that bad but you're right she there was a little bit more in there that we didn't we didn't know so maybe um this is based on a book so maybe the book goes a little bit more detail into that stuff yeah this was based on the book uh, goodbye piccadilly by arthur laburn and he, he strongly disapproved of the screenplay uh anthony schaefer's he said uh, these people weren't based on the characters i created and they're not using the dialogue that i wanted you know th- this is from some other movie and he, he quoted you know some of the different things he said this is crap well here's here's the thing um and people i think are more aware of it now than probably back then in the 1970s but um the, here, here's the big problem is like once a studio buys, you know, options, uh, a book, right, from the uh, from the author, they can do what the fuck they want with it. They yeah. could make it be completely, absolutely the exact opposite of the book if they felt like it. And they sometimes they do. So um, it sucks, but it's it. This isn't this isn't uncommon, you know, that this happens. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I, I didn't know. I don't know the book. I don't know no, the... I, I don't either. I'm just uh, picking up bits and pieces from different people. It's very interesting. I, I this, this is the most incredible experience, Jonathan. Thank you so much for having me come on board with you and study these because I didn't appreciate Hitchcock as, as much as he should be. And... Well, I mean, and having seen the last couple ones, like I confess and and wrong man and stuff like that. Um, I feel like those were sort of a little bit more boring, you know, in, in the Hitchcock stuff. Those are the ones that like not many people talk about because they're just not, they're not very Hitchcocky. Like the, the, like, you know, obviously everybody talks about the popular ones, you know, anyway, but frenzy is one of those ones that I think, a lot of people maybe even especially they are a little scared of it you know it's a little bit more brutal it's a little bit more honest about the time period you know in the 70s it was just not something that a lot of people can like just watch and swallow yeah but not by today's standards of course i mean it's kind of lame according according to the stuff we've seen like saw things like that that are just grotesque and the brutality so this doesn't even add up to that but no but like 70s yeah maybe it is a little shocking yeah actually it's not even like i mean like i said there was uh last house on the left was probably one of the most shocking uh films and that but that was like low budget this is hollywood uh this was universal that put it out so that was pretty cool um but i'm i'm looking up right now they have um 
they have like a Blu-ray, and I believe they have a 4K of this um, film. Um, I could be wrong. Um, I know they have a Blu-ray. Let me see if they... Uh, the Blu-ray, if you get it on uh, as part of the Alfred Hitchcock Masterpiece um, series, uh, and can you get a 4K of this? No, it doesn't look like it. Um, but uh, yeah, you can get a Blu-ray, you can get a, uh, and you can get DVDs, VHSs of it. It's definitely a movie I'd recommend, you know, especially if you're kind of new to Hitchcock, you know, um, this is a movie I'd recommend. Wouldn't you? Absolutely. Hands down. This is one of my favorites so far. Right. We've watched. Um, well, that's great. Because, you know, I mean, this may be one of those, you know, because um, we're going to see some really cool ones coming up. Um, do you mind if I talk about the ones that are coming up? No, no not at all. Okay. okay. So the next one we have on the schedule for Hooked on Hitchcock Season 2 um, is To Catch a Thief. All right. So that'll be next month is To Catch a Thief. Uh, that's uh, Grace Kelly and uh, Carrie, Carrie Grant. Yeah. Wow. You know, those two are two of my favorite that have worked with Hitchcock, period. And uh, you may love this one. You may not love this one. A lot. Some people don't love uh, To Catch a Thief. I absolutely love it, but... I, it sounds know. familiar to me. I may have seen it already, but I love Carrie Grant and Grace Kelly's, you know, pretty good too. Grace Kelly was always my favorite of his blondes. Um, I'm sad that she became the princess of Monaco and ended up leaving, um, uh, leaving the, the, the film business, you know, and everything. She always wanted to go back. I think it broke Hitchcock's heart. He was always looking for a replacement, right? You know, he, he needed a Megan, you know, in his life. He didn't get a Megan. You know, uh, Megan, what's her name? Um, Markle, you know, who ended up becoming the, the princess and then leaving, you know, bringing her, you know, prince husband out of there. Now she wants to come back. I think she wants to come back to film and stuff. Of course. Do what yeah. she, but, the, you know, that would have been what Grace sort of maybe wanted, but couldn't do. Um Megan just didn't give a crap. Like that kind of shows our society these days. Or she's not adored by the English people either. Uh, they they don't really like her. Well, I don't think they like her because of like her heritage and her background and all that stuff too, which I think is sort yeah, of wrong. Maybe some of it, but I know the royals aren't real thrilled about that because uh, the first thing they asked was, "What color's the baby?" You know, it's like, oh my god, how shallow can you? Yeah, be? that's terrible. Absolutely. I did not know about that. Ooh. Yeah, that's the first thing the queen asked. So that's terrible. So, <laughs> that's so, I mean, you know, it's that kind of world. But uh, so the, the people just don't like her attitude. I guess she she shook things up, and they're very proper, you know, over there, and they don't want to have that. The, the well, shake take the boat. Well, that's going to happen if any American is over there. Like, that's just. Yeah. Then he, he would have had to be stuck with another uh, British uh, woman if, if they wanted like a lady, you know, because a lot of and that sounds terrible, but like a lot of American women are very powerful, 
you know, and they don't like to be taken advantage of, you know, and stuff. And, you know, the proper women kind of just let the queen or whoever kind of run the, their, you know, so understandable. I'm not saying anything bad about Americans. I'm not saying anything bad about British. They're both very completely different, uh, you know. Some things are simply not done, you see. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the way they are. They're traditional. And he, he was a rebel from the beginning. I knew that. And he was always doing his own thing. Going Andrew, oh, right? Is that his name? He's the second son. Uh, what would what, you say? Andrew? You, uh, oh, no, no. Andrew. Andrew is the one who was accused of rape. Oh, know? that's right. He was, uh, okay, Prince uh, Harry. 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 God, that's the worst Harry. name for a prince. So it's something strange about Harry, right? Uh, what's that movie? The with Trouble you? with Harry. Yeah. The Trouble with Harry. Yes, of course. <laughs> that totally makes sense now. <laughs> it all makes sense in the end. But, uh, <laughs> uh, good old Harry. So, all right. Uh, Thank you. That's, uh, I think that's, that's going to be wrapping it up for today. <laughs> that's the end of that. Uh, but I just, once again, I want to thank you so much. This has been so far an interesting, like, you know. My, I found it delightful. I found it delightful, too. I'm, I'm interested to see what uh, what you think of all the different ones coming up. Because there's going to be some really fun ones. And truly, as we speak. I, I'm excited if we can get uh, Mrs., Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which is not a spy thriller like they ended up making it the the brad pitt and angelina jolie one but it's really just a comedy you know and stuff that's just like it's hitchcock's comedy you know like i wonder if hitchcock ever wanted to make uh mr mrs smith as a as a spy thriller but just ended up doing comedy instead you know i don't know but um oh and the last thing i wanted to share with you is that during the making of this movie, uh, right before they, uh, when they were writing it, uh, this was actually going to be another, uh, another movie called Kaleidoscope, you know, and it was a completely different script, sort of like there was, it was, it was, um, it was a, it was completely different script and you know, an idea, but it, it, what they had like a kernel of it, you know, and it became, I think, more of a sexual. Uh, deviancy you know it was a part of it and then it became this movie that you know that we know and love so there you go Um, i like frenzy as a title better than kaleidoscope anyway you know quite interesting yeah yeah so there you go you learn learn a thing or two there you have it everybody um Check back with us next month for a whole new episode where we'll be talking about To Catch a Thief. And uh, let us know what what, uh, Hitchcock movies you guys want us to do. Is there a Hitchcock movie that you guys would like us to to check out? And uh, one of the ones that are lesser known Hitchcock movies that you guys might love, you know? Um, I I could see most of these movies going on uh, Criterion, you know? Uh, Criterion has some great, great films. So from Hitchcock. So there you go. All right, everybody. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. And thank you once again, uh, Larry. Uh, yeah. Bye, everybody. Next time.